Are you ready for the Word? Oh, man. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 60. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord gave me a powerful revelation on Wednesday about something that I want to share with you here. Isaiah chapter 60. Uh, We're going to start with verse 1. I love it. This is one of the most powerful passages. Oh, we got some fans out there with this one. Here we go. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Oh, interesting. The Holy Spirit baptisms where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Isn't that interesting? All right. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see that they gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Say radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. Say joy. Joy. Because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned toward you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Now, the Holy Spirit, like I said, gave me a powerful word on Wednesday night during prayer here. And I spoke a little bit about about it. And I'm going to touch on that. But during the week, he started to kind of expand it a little bit more. So I want to share that with you today. So we live in a very dark and evil world. Can you agree with that? We know that darkness is indeed covering the earth and deep darkness the people, right? There's so much bondage because they're living without the Lord Jesus Christ, right? As we enter this Christmas season here, it's a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's a good time to celebrate. Amen? The coming of the Messiah. The coming of the Messiah that would set his people free and ultimately salvation would be opened up to everybody on the face of this earth. Isn't that good? Come on. It's interesting that when the world celebrates the Christmas season, they decorate it by putting lights up. How many like Christmas lights? They're fun to look at, right? Especially when it's a blizzard and snow. But they don't know it, but they're celebrating the true light of the world the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I love in this passage in Isaiah that it starts off with arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The message or the title of my message today is release the light. We need to release the light. Turn with me to John chapter one. Say release the light. All right. You'll know what I mean here as we travel down the road here on this message. John 1, chapter 1, and I want to look at verse uh, through 5, verse 5. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who do you think that's talking about? Amen. Jesus Christ. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I love that. This passage is telling us that Jesus Christ, think about this, has always been around from the beginning of time, even through, in, you know, before his incarnation, during creation even. Think about See, a lot of false religions, right? Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, and all that, they think he was just a good man. He was just a good private. Oh, no, he was the God-man. He is the second person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? So he brought life and salvation to mankind. And that life, that salvation, listen, that he imparted, I love it, was the light of people, the light of men, it says. The life that he brought us was this, that he became the mediator, the go-between between God and man. And all those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ are reconnected with God. Amen. Say reconnected. The enmity between us and God because of our sin nature, it's taken away in Christ and we are given his righteousness. Think about this. You have to get a revelation of who you are in Christ. I've been saying that for the last few weeks. Some people say, well, when are you going to stop talking about that? When we get it. Amen. So we are put back in right standing with God through Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and God is now our heavenly father as Christians. Before that, before getting saved, your daddy was the devil. Come on, somebody. Anybody in here, you're not born again, watching online. If you're not saved, your daddy is Satan. That's just the way it is. We're not sorry to say it because the word of God says it. Amen. We're not all child of uh, children of God. Come on, somebody. All right. Before we came to Jesus or put our faith in him, we were Think about this. We were full of darkness from that sin nature in our spirit, man. You understand that? All right. That doesn't, now, that doesn't mean that we will never sin as a Christian. Okay? That doesn't mean you're never going to sin. But here's what it does mean. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it wipes away in your spirit, man. That sin nature makes you alive and reconnected with God. Come on. And here's what it does. It makes you be bent toward God and want to know Him, want to please Him. So after you come to Christ, uh, you're not considered a sinner, you're considered a saint. Whether a sinner or a saint, you know that's based upon the sin nature. That's talking about the sin nature, okay? That doesn't mean you're never going to sin again, but I don't know about you, but before I got saved, I sinned all the time. That was in my nature. Are you here? Anybody here? Anybody alive and breathing today? Right? We were pretty good at sin, right? Before coming to Christ. But now we're a saint. All right? Because, it, like I said, it's talking about our sin nature being taken away. And we're not bent toward sin anymore. We're bent toward righteousness. That's why if someone says, oh, yeah, I said a sinner's prayer before. And they're living like the devil. No, nah, I don't buy it. Are you following me, somebody? There should be in a Christian a desire, a longing to know God. All right? There is one thing that you must deal with, though, Christians, that's not God's responsibility, but it's yours. And that's the renewing of your mind. All right? It's a, here's what the renewing of the mind is, basically. It is a reprogramming of your thought life and your belief system. 
That's what, that's what it is. That's what it is. So your, your spirit man is born again. It's hungry. It constantly wants God. But there's something holding it back, and that's that flesh, that unrenewed mind, all right? So we need to reprogram our thought life. We need a little brainwashing going on. That's a good brainwashing, amen? So failure to do that will make you what the Bible calls a carnal Christian, all right? You will be fleshly focused, fleshly desired focused, instead of having a spiritual mindset. Say spiritual mindset. There, we need to maintain a spiritual mindset, and we can only get that when we feed on the Word of God. When you're hearing, hearing this guy up here preaching and giving you some word, right? There's a reprogramming taking place. What I'm trying to do is form Bible beliefs in your belief system. That's what, that's what a sermon is. That's what messages are, right? We're trying to reprogram. We're trying to line that belief system up with your born-again spirit that wants to seek God, all right? So the reconnecting with God through Jesus Christ is our light. Everything good in us is from Jesus. You know that? We got to give him credit. Amen? With everything we have. Um, So we are made spiritually alive through Jesus. Spiritual death or spiritual darkness simply means this. It means a separation from God. That's what that means, all right? So spiritual life means we're reconnected with our Heavenly Father, amen? All right, so when Jesus came to the earth, his light shined and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light of God sends confusion into the enemy's camp. Come on, I'm talking about releasing the light today. You're gonna see what I'm talking about here in a moment. That is why everywhere Jesus ministered, everywhere the anointing is present and flowing, demons panic. Come on, somebody. Anybody read the Gospels? When everywhere Jesus went, he would go into the synagogues and start talking, and demons would just cry out and scream out in panic because the light was shining. His light was shining. The anointing was shining. Amen? And they couldn't handle it. What, what do you have to do with us, Jesus? Amen? So God's light dispels all darkness. Light always dispels darkness. Go with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 1. And we're looking at verses 5 through 7 here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something today, to today later in the message that a revelation came to me. I searched something on Google and I about fell out of my chair in connection to this whole light thing, all right? Here we go. So 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But... If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? Man, that's impactful. So God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Amen? Every good thing in your life comes from the Father of lights. Are you hearing me? All right, so light 
in the word of God refers to the kingdom of God and darkness refers to the kingdom of Satan. You could also say it this way, that light refers to righteousness and darkness refers to evil or sin, right? So the word of God says, if we say we have fellowship with him, And walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I want you to notice something here, very interesting. That it connects our actions to whether we are walking in the light or walking in darkness. Say actions. See, walking, I'm going to take you to school, is a verb. Where's my teachers at? Right? Walking is an action word. It's a verb. All right, so I'm talking, again, about releasing the light here. Follow me. If Jesus Christ is the light that ignites a light on the inside of us by reconnecting us to our Heavenly Father and making it possible for us to live a holy life, a life of obedience to God, then the only way to maintain and release that light is through Jesus Christ. John 15, he said, abide in me. If we abide, remain in him, Obeying him, obeying his commandments, the word of God says light is released in your life. Now, we're getting deeper here. Now, follow me. So if you're abiding in Christ, it will affect and impact what we think, say, and do. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. I'm building this up here. This is the teacher anointing in me right now. All right? Matthew chapter 5. 14 through 16. Let's connect some dots here with this light thing and in connection with our actions. All right. The words are in red, which means Jesus is doing the speaking here. It says this, you are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your, underline it, good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, Jesus Christ, I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you probably haven't seen him around. But Jesus Christ is not walking physically on the earth right now. Right? But we are. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. Something jumped out at me in this passage. I want you to notice that Jesus didn't say to let his light shine. It said, let your light shine. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, come on, somebody. Listen to me. Let me say that again. Jesus didn't say let his or my light shine. He said, let your light shine. He said this because he's talking about the light of our personal relationship with the Lord. And that is dependent upon our obedience to God or our good works and faith. Are you following me? Your light that you have in your life is totally dependent on your connection, your relationship with the Lord. I found that extremely interesting. Every Christian, we all have that responsibility to maintain that relationship. God says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Guess what? We take the first step and then he moves. And now listen to this. So because of the good works motivated by your love for our heavenly father and people, your light, Jesus said, will glorify your father in heaven. Say 
He's talking about my light. Say that. Go ahead. He's talking about my light. The only way to glorify your Father in heaven is to glorify the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You agree? There is a major difference. Listen to me. Have you ever noticed this? There is a major difference between a backslidden Christian and a Christian that's on fire for the Lord. And making the relation, their relationship a priority. See, this isn't talking about good works to, to gain salvation. No, no. Our salvation is through faith in Christ alone. Are you hearing me? Let me say it this way. Good works won't get you saved. But good works will keep you saved. You ever heard it like that? It won't. You see, we didn't do anything good enough for God to say, oh, okay, they did enough good works. I'm going to send Jesus now to die for them. Good job. Good job, people. Because of your good works, I'm sending Jesus. Are you following me? Good works will not get you saved. In fact, if someone's not saved and they're trying to do good works and they say, well, I'm a good person. You know what that's called? Dead works. It means nothing to God. Our salvation begins through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Now, here's the thing. Your faith should have works because faith without works is what? Dead. So, good works won't get you saved, but it'll keep you saved. That's why when it lists all these things, it says don't expect to inherit the kingdom of God if you're going to walk and live like the devil. Are you hearing me, somebody? All right. So, So we are saved through faith and the righteousness of Jesus Christ, all right? So we let our light shine by truly desiring to know God more and walking in obedience to the Word of God. So have you ever been around a backslidden Christian and, and they shouldn't be getting into things? And you know this person, they got saved, right? But they're into things that they shouldn't, but now you see a darkness on them. Anybody here? I mean, at one time they were on fire for the Lord, but man, they're into things they shouldn't. And you know it, their backslidden is all get out. And man, you just see darkness all over them. The light has been diminished or put out because they are placing themselves, here we go, on the territory of the kingdom of darkness. What kingdom are you tapping into? Don't expect to radiate the light of God if you're, on the kingdom of darkness side. Amen? Amen. But a Christian that has renewed their mind and genuinely wants to please God, or they fear God or reverence Him and seek His presence, how many of you know they glow? Have you ever seen a Christian, man, when they're on fire, there's just something, there's a glow on them. There's a literal something, it's a spiritual thing, you can see it. There is a glow on them, all over them. So, according to Isaiah 61... The glory of the Lord has risen upon them. When you make God your priority, when your heart is right, the glory of the Lord is going to be surrounding your life. And guess what? People are going to notice it. Because of that glory, because of that manifest presence upon them. Listen to this. Isaiah 60 said this. Let's get a little deeper here. Are you ready for this? Because of that glory, because of that manifest presence, because of that, let's say it this way, that glow. Say glow. It says that the Gentiles, what does that mean? It means the unsaved will be drawn to your light. Remember, Jesus said, it's your light. It's your light. But it's from you abiding in Christ. 
This dark world is looking for something different, but they don't know what they're looking for. All right? Nothing in this world is satisfying them. They're trying everything to fill a God-shaped hole with the kingdom of darkness, and it will never work. They don't know it, but they're looking for that connection with their creator, God. They're looking for the salvation through Jesus Christ, and they don't even know it. And that's why we are called ambassadors. We are called representatives for Jesus Christ as Christians. We have, think about this, we have the full backing of heaven to reach this dark world, but we must let our light shine. Listen, I mean, if you go to your workplace and you're, you're in a bad mood all the time, you're not representing Christ well, you're not going to have someone come up to you and say, oh, please tell me what you got. I want what you got. No, all it's going to do, it's going to drag Jesus through the mud. It's going to drag him through the mud. And then people are going to connect it with Jesus, and they're going to say, well, if that's what Christianity's all about, I don't want it. Are you following me? But it says here, when you let your light shine, it just like bugs, they're going to be drawn to you. Amen? Why do you think this church is growing? Because we're letting our light shine. And they're saying there's something different going on here. We want to be a part of it. Amen? We have to let our light shine. Jesus did not waste words. You agree with that? When he told us to let our light shine, there is a purpose behind it. Now, let me tell you this. Someone says, well, what's the will of God? What's the will of God, right? Well, number one, you know what Jesus' number one burden is? The lost. Because he doesn't want anyone going to hell. Are you following me here? And because Jesus' burden, his number one burden is getting people born again, as his representatives, that should be our number one priority. That should be our number one priority. Getting people born again, getting them Holy Ghost baptized, and making disciples in that order. Are you following me, somebody? So listen to this. The effectiveness of our evangelism for the kingdom of God is in direct proportion then to how much, how much we allow the light to shine through us. About how bright you're letting your light shine. Someone says, oh, I've never gotten anyone saved. Well, how bright is your light shining? Come on, somebody. See, we need to release the light. We need to let that light shine. Don't hide it. Be bold about it. Amen? Yes. Now, 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 if you're going to be a miser- miserable Christian, then go ahead and hide that, right? Because <laughs> you're a bad representative of, of Christ. Okay? But let that light shine. Amen? Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're just being real up in here today. Amen? We have to, you know, as Christians, we are in a fishbowl. You understand that? People are all, if, you're, if you open your mouth and you connect yourself with Jesus and they know you're a Christian, you're in a fishbowl. Now, me as a pastor, I'm in a bigger, I'm in an ocean, babe. I'm in a bigger fishbowl here. I'm like, at sea, this is like SeaWorld right here, right? I'm just swimming around and everyone's watching. What's the pastor doing all the time? Are you here? But you are a, in a fishbowl everywhere you go to. Are you following me? 
So it's not just pastor being watched all the time. You are too if you connect yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Look at this. I love this one. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, so as Christians, it says right here that we are to be imitators of God as dear children. How? Well, it tells us by walking in love. Now, just the surface of that, oh, okay, walk in love. Here's the problem. The world has watered down the love thing. And that worldly definition has crept into the church. To the body of Christ, okay? So, so when we walk in love on this earth, listen to this. Something happens on the inside of an unsaved person, spiritually speaking. Something happens they, because they were created by God and God is love. So when we walk in love as Christians... There is a pulling. There is a drawing on the inside of that backslidden or unsaved person. Are you following me? Now, so that's why when we're walking in love, that's when the light of God is, we're we're glowing with the light of God when we walk in love. So when when you walk in love towards someone, you show kindness towards someone. There's, have you ever had someone at a store where they were rude to you and you kind of fought, you, you fought back with kindness. You fought back with a love and a compassion. And all of a sudden you just seen their face go from angry. To, you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's some, because love is spiritual. And it's pulling on them. Come on, somebody. It's pulling on them. There's something there. Because every human being was created to want love. They want to be loved. In fact, when that love isn't there, that creates a vacuum for the enemy to come in. Come on, somebody. So, so that is why Jesus said to let our light shine. Don't hold it back because it will draw the unsaved. It will draw the prodigals back in. Come on, somebody. Walking in love is living your life. Here, now, remember I said there's a worldly love that's very watered down. Just extremely, it's a worldly love. But I'm talking about the love of God here. Let's talk about this. Walking in love, listen, is living your life in obedience to God. And abiding in Christ. Now, I find it interesting what the next four verses talk about. So it talks about being imitators of God and walking in love. Okay? We imitate God by walking in love. I find it very interesting. Take, it, take a look here at Ephesians 5, 3, uh, 3 through 7. Let's take a look at this. Remember, be imitators of God and walk in love. And then verse 3 starts off with this. But fornication... In all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. Notice he didn't say sinners. He said saints. Come on, somebody. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, 
has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, this is only a partial list, because of these kinds of things, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. So I find this interesting. Be imitators of God and walk in love. And then it starts naming a whole bunch of sins, listen, that are opposed to walking in love. Now, follow me here. This is big. Walking in love. Like I said, it's been so watered down. But listen to this. If you are imitators of God and walking of love, walking in love, it will keep you from sin. Walking in love is walking and living your life in Christ. And that's why, uh, that's why faith works by love. There's faith, hope, and love. It says the greatest of these is what? Love. Why? Because love keeps you in Christ. Faith works by love. There must be, you must be in Christ for your faith to work. That's why love is greater than faith even. Are you following me, somebody? I know, I know, I know. It's getting a little deep here. Hold on. Listen to this. Here's what I want to get to here. When you live, this is the bigger picture of sin and why living a life of sin is not walking in love. When you live a life of sin, it's not just affecting you. It's affecting everybody around you. It is drawing others into the kingdom of darkness with you. Have you ever heard that phrase? Misery loves company. You know, one of the, I'm telling you, when they're, when a Christian is backslidden, they will always try to draw others into their sin. Are you following me right now? Because they don't want to be alone in it. See, even something on the inside of them says something don't feel right with sinning. Are you following me? You are at that point an ambassador for Satan and evil spirits instead of an ambassador for Christ. Here's what it is. Living a life of sin is taking an opportunity where you could have let your light shine and get someone born again. But instead, you chose to be selfish, you chose to hold back, and you chose to give your allegiance to Satan. Sin does not just affect you. It affects everyone around you. For that backslidden Christian, how many people have they, that that was their assignment, they let go to hell? Because they wanted to play in sin, in the pleasures of the flesh. This is bigger than us. Guys, this is bigger than us. This whole sin thing, you know, oh, he's talking about sin again. No, no, no. You want to know why? Because if you're going to walk in sin as a Christian, it hinders Jesus' first mission of getting people born again. And getting them set free. Sin is the most selfish thing that we can get into. Sin is selfish. Amen? See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reshape your, your belief system. Just giving you a different perspective. Because most people think that, you know, their sinning is just them. It's just me. I'm going to live my life how I want to live it. I want to do what I want to do. It's bigger than that. It affects your family. It affects your friends. It affects your co-workers. I'm telling you, it has an effect on everyone you have in contact with. 
Not to mention when you're in sin, the kingdom of darkness, you gave them access into your life. And everywhere you go, guess who's following you? Demons. Come on, somebody. I found this fact to be very interesting. All right, here we go. Listen to this. This is powerful. I found this very interesting. So Jesus said to let our light shine, right? And we know words are very important. They play a huge role in advancing the kingdom of God and evangelism. I mean, the word says, how can they hear about the gospel without a preacher, right? Without someone telling them, right? So we know that that's important. But Jesus said, let people... Jesus, by the way, did not say, let people hear your words first. He said this, let people see your good works and that would allow your light to shine. Here's an interesting fact. When I was doing this, I felt in my spirit to Google this. The difference between light and sound. Are you ready for this? Listen to this. Light travels faster than sound. In other words, people are going to notice your works before the words that come out of your mouth. Are you following me? I about fell to the ground when I seen that come up on Google. Uh, So, you know, people will notice your actions faster than the impacts of your words. Because light travels faster than sound. And Jesus said, let your light shine. Let them see your good works. See, people don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. To make the greatest impact for the kingdom of God, our words must line up with our actions. Or else this, people will tune you out. They will tune you out. They will tune you out. You thought I was going to say more there. So my point is this. Listen to this. Our actions speak louder and faster than words. Man, oh, now, let, let, me, let me just drive this point home even further. Go to James chapter 2. Light is faster than sound. Isn't that powerful? James chapter 2, verse 14, we'll start at. Hmm. People don't know, they don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. James 2, 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of food, and one of you says, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but do not give them those things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Light travels faster than sound. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not, here it is, underline it, have works, it's dead. Mm, My goodness. But if someone will say, you have faith and I have works, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there's one God, you do well. Listen to this. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Faith without works is dead. We need to put action behind our words and our faith. Amen? See, love is shown in our actions first and then our words follow. Why? 
because light travels faster than sound. I, I, I really wanted to drive home this point about how our shining our light, our glowing, man, is so connected with our works. Oh, and really, when I say works, I'm not talking about dead works. I'm talking about a pure heart toward God. Come on. A pure heart toward God that wants to please him and walk in obedience and love what he loves and hate what he hates. Amen. And if we love what he loves, he loves people. That filthy sinner down the street. Are you hearing me? God loves that person. Amen. Now, so our actions are for the benefit of people in the natural realm. It's a walking in love, right? Why? Because light is faster than sound. Now I want to finish this message on another aspect of releasing the light that I think will be a blessing to you. This is, this is the revelation that the Holy Spirit gave me on Wednesday night at prayer, all right? I, I briefly just want to cover the spoken word aspect of releasing the light in connection to dispelling uh, the kingdom of darkness in the spirit realm. Go to Ephesians 5 again. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, uh, 8 through 14. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light, underline, in the Lord. You're only light if you're abiding in Christ. If you're outside of Christ, you're full of darkness still. Amen? You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You know, if you're... If you really value a relationship, you're going to find out what pleases that partner. You're going you're gonna to find out what displeases that partner, right? We need to do the same with the Lord. How do we find that out? In His Word. We need to read it. What pleases Him? What displeases you, Lord? I want to please you. Come on. Amen? 11. And have no fellowship or connection or anything in common with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Hallelujah. Now, The Word of God says, have no fellowship, nothing in common with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to expose them. We expose darkness with our spoken words and when we're walking in righteousness, all right? You see something, we have to expose it, amen? Amen. We bring light to that thing. Now, look at Psalm 119.105 is very interesting here. Psalm 119.105 says this, The Word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is light in the spirit realm. Are you following me? When we speak the word of God, we are releasing light. We are exposing evil in the spirit realm. Our spoken words are powerful. Amen. When we speak the word of God into a situation, you know what we're saying? Let there be light. That's the revelation that just on Wednesday night, it just came to me. Let there be light. And what What came to me 
was that, you know, where sickness, disease, infirmity, depression, anything from the kingdom of darkness that is in your life, when you come against it, when you command it to leave, when you speak scripture against it, guess what you're doing? You're saying, let there be light where this darkness is in my body and in my soul in the name of Jesus. Say, let there be light. So remember, spoken words are a transfer of a spiritual blessing into the natural realm. We even cast demons out with spoken words. Amen? When you cast a demon out of a person, guess what you're really saying? Let there be light where that darkness was. Come on, somebody. Everything from the enemy, everything from the enemy is from the kingdom of darkness. And everything in the Word of God is the kingdom of light. Amen? Amen. So listen, church, it's time for all of us to arise and shine, to obey the commands of Jesus Christ, to abide in Him, to let our light shine with our good works, to bring and and, and watch the people flock to you. As you draw closer to the Lord, they're going to be drawn to you. As you walk in love, they're going to be drawn to you. When there's a problem in their life, they're going to know who to go to. Amen? And that is going to be the key to their heart, for their heart to be open, for you to tell them about Jesus Christ. Now here's the deal. This is what you need to do. When you walk in those good works and love, always connect it with Jesus Christ. Don't ever let a person walk away from you not knowing about Jesus is connected to that light that is on you. When they say there's something different about you, don't just say, oh, thanks. No, say it's because of Jesus. Connect it with Jesus, amen? So come on, it's time to uncover and release the light in the name of Jesus. Let's stand up in this place. Father God, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. So it's, your, Lord, your word is so rich, so powerful. So many golden nuggets to hell with all the money in the world. I want the gold nuggets of the word. I want the gold nuggets from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You're on the outside. You're looking in. And today, something just grabbed hold of your heart. And you said, I want that. If that's you, come down to this altar. And I want to pray with you to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Come down, and we'll tell you about it. Maybe you've fallen away from the Lord. Maybe you're one that I talked about. That you once had that glowing light. Think about this. You once had that glowing light. You once had that peace and joy and that connection with God, that relationship with Him. But you stepped on the territory of the kingdom of darkness. And now you're like, I want back. I want back. This message today ignited a fire in you. If that's you, I want you to come forward. And we're going to rededicate your life to the Lord today and get that glow, that fire back. Amen? If you need prayer for anything else, Come on up, and we will stay as long as possible. But everybody, I'm telling you, God is up to something good. Amen? Have a wonderful week. If you need to talk to me, you know where to find me. I love you all. Visitors, thanks for coming. Hope you enjoyed it today. Prayer call Tuesday. Prayer Wednesday night at 7. And prayer on Friday at 10 a.m. here. So, hey, there's no shortage of prayer. All right? So come and join us because it's just going to benefit all these services. Amen? Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week.